You're listening to How They Did It and Why, where we learn from the experiences of others. So today, oh my word, let's talk about how to deal with difficult people that have to be in your life. (laughs) And the reason I say have to be in your life is because um, now I feel like there's kind of a trend and I feel like it's probably been um, maybe even exasperated or um, exaggerated, I should say a bit due to the pandemic and rightly so, because we gotta, sometimes we just have to self-preserve, but that's just, you know, eliminating people that you don't wanna talk to at all. Now, sometimes you have to do that. If the person is someone who is being offensive, if they are, you know, an endangerment and things of that serious nature, you just gotta cut them off. But if it's someone who is just, you know, difficult to deal with and, you know, they're in your life, you know, sometimes we have to deal with these people. So who are the kinds of people that we have to deal with that are difficult and the kinds of people that we don't have to deal with that are difficult? Now, there's many different ways to look at it. But for me, something that I feel is people that are difficult that I don't have to deal with are, you know, traffic people who do rude things in traffic or like out at the grocery store, you know, out in common areas where you're running into people that you have absolutely no clue who they are. And they may do really difficult things. They may cut you off in line. Um, They may shout at you. They may do something really rude. Those are people you don't have to deal with. You don't know them personally. They're not in your life. For me, I just let all that stuff roll off my back now. Someone's being rude. They want to, you know, whatever they want to do. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to let you do that because I don't need to even raise my anxiety and stress level to deal with you because how significant is it? And if the person is acting that way, why even bother? You know what I mean? Sometimes it's just better to take the high road and dealing with someone like that. Now, there are some people who kind of fall into this middle grade territory. So people you like have to deal with, but you don't really know them. And that could be people that are your coworkers. So you have to, unfortunately, deal with coworkers. And a lot of the times our coworkers are really annoying and like, you don't want to deal with them. And it's unfortunate because it's a great place to kind of connect with people. You're coming together to work on, you know, your job, you know, what you're working on. And you're usually working in teams, working together to, you know, achieve a goal, be it whatever it is. So it's really nice to have good working relationships. And to the best of our abilities, I think it's beneficial if we do try to have those positive work relationships. But at the end of the day, I think we have to kind of put a limitation there. And um, this is something that I've been practicing for some years now where I have what I call work friends that um, I work with, but um, because I know we don't really share um, a, a shared mindset in in some deeper fundamental things like, you know, um, our guiding principles, personal guiding principles, or our morals, or things like that, then I know 
these are people that I really want to have positive relationships with. Like I want to do my job well, and I want to help them succeed at their jobs and really build those good working relationships. But I leave it as a complete work relationship. I don't seek out to associate with um, coworkers outside of work. And um, that is a kind of a strange one, perhaps, because a lot of people do meet like their mates through work or they make longtime friends through work. I have those other areas, other places where I seek out those types of relationships. And I've eliminated the work one because what I found in my experience, unfortunately, is I meet a lot of difficult people at work. Um, I try to have a really good work ethic. And let's face it, I'm sure you probably experienced this too. Most of us don't want to like put our best foot forward a lot of times in our work. And so um, if I see that, then I say, you know what, this is a person that doesn't have a good work ethic. So again, it just ties into the whole bundle of, you know, it's just not going to work on a personal level. So when you run into those difficult people at work, that's kind of what I have in mind. And so then because I'm not personally invested in the person, and I, I know that probably sounds horrible, then I'm less offended when they do things because I've already got them at a level at like, okay, this is a work relationship. Like this is not going to affect, going to affect me once I walk out the door or sign out of that, you know, meeting or whatever it is. Um, once that email, that work email is closed, then, you know, I'm just kind of done with it. So it really has been good for me to avoid a lot of frustrations at work. And here's the other tip I'm going to share with you. The problem that I've had over the years with difficult coworkers is everybody's cool with you until they start knowing things about your personal life. So if they, when people start to feel like you have something going on in your personal life, then maybe they have going on in their personal life then all of a sudden they become difficult to work with. Maybe they don't want to you know, share ideas with you about whatever it is you work on, or maybe they are just, they don't wanna be around you because inside they're upset that they're not at the place that you are in their personal life. And so for me, that's really what it has boiled down to, I'd say literally nine out of 10 times. And I hate to say it, but especially working with Sometimes females, this happens. Um, females can get very upset if they feel that maybe you've achieved some quote unquote life hurdles or, or milestones that they haven't yet, which it isn't the case. We're all the same. We all have different levels that we develop at. And I'm certainly not perfect and always have a lot to learn. But sometimes just the fact that you're happy with you and content with you is also upsetting to people. So um, for me, limiting the work difficult to people in that way, just setting some, some parameters from the jump, like, you know, this is like work relationship. I'm never gonna be like, hey, come to my house for a party or hey, let's, you know, go to some random amusement park. Like none of that is gonna happen for me with anybody that I work um, in a company with for, for others. So, um, that has been something that over the years has really, really helped me. And it was difficult to kind of implement at first because that seems so easy, right? Like, oh, whatever, it's just coworkers and you have all this fun. But, you know, I've had great successes at work and, you know, work events I'll definitely do. If it's like a company dinner or something, you know, that I feel comfortable participating in, I'll definitely do that. And definitely a team player, but just the personal stuff, I just don't do. So that would be my tip. Um, for you. And I'm sure you've probably heard that 
before, but sometimes when you hear it from somebody else again, it just kind of reaffirms stuff that you already know. So that was the second type of difficult person that's kind of in the middle. They're not like a complete stranger out on the street that you'll like never see again, but you know, they're still not like a close um, member of your life, you know, like coworker exactly fits into that category. And the same can be said of schoolmates. And um, later in this episode, I'm going to share some things, particularly for young people that could be helpful with dealing with school mates and how kind of adapting that mindset of these are people I go to school with, these are not like going to be my, you know, core um, people that I'm reaching out to a lot in my personal life is really going to help kids stay out of trouble. And I found that to be true as well. I kind of, um, started implementing that a little bit later, like when I was in high school and things. And I just kind of started to like, um, narrow my circle down and not even that just like not caring and not like not even wanting to be involved in like the popular circles or whatever, just because the more involved you are in certain environments, the more difficult people you're going to run into. And so um, I think applying a similar Um, idea or thought process to, you know, the people that we meet at school as being people that, hey, it's great to interact with, give your all to those relationships, but giving them all, giving your all to those relationships in those settings and not really bringing it home with you has been something that has been helpful to me. Now, the other thing that we need to talk about is the people in your life that you really want to keep in your life, have to keep in your life, but they're difficult. Okay, so now we're getting into some meteor stuff. So like family members, okay, Um, and that could be anything from like a spouse to sibling to parents. These are people that like we should to our best of our ability keep these peoples in our lives and we want to, right? We don't want to just like stop talking to like our random sibling or like stop talking to our like uncle or something. Um, Unfortunately, sometimes it is necessary to do that if there are some lines that have been crossed or um, it's just not healthy. So, you know, it definitely, you know, can be justified sometimes, but for the most part, like we want to, if they're just annoying and you like, just don't want to deal with them. Like we want to try to keep these relationships on the ups and ups, but what happens when they're difficult? What happens if you have a difficult parent or a difficult sister or brother? It can be very stressful. Um, And I feel like this, well, it's not even, I feel like I know that this is the leading cause of stress for most people is our closest family members and we love them dearly. Um, and let's apply this to ourselves too. Like I don't want to be, and I'm sure you don't want to be either, you know, the family member that everybody dreads, like, oh, here she come, oh, here he come, you know, like, oh, they always just trouble or they're just drama filled or they're just so annoying. Nobody wants to be that person either. So I think if we all just kind of like, apply this stuff to ourselves, then 
the byproduct of that will be we'll have better relationships with our family members and our close friends, especially. So um, now, so we talked about the family members. Those are like our blood relatives that like, okay, we really want to have these people around and make it work, even if they're difficult. And then we have like our really close friends too. And these could be people that you met like through school or some type of volunteer organization or something like that. People that you really have come to love and treat like family over time. You know, you've been friends for years and you really have a, a shared, you know, um, just a good feelings, just always the good vibes and a shared um, mental outlook on whatever your key principles, your key personal guiding principles are. And these are people that are great because these are people that can be there for us in different ways than our family members can. Because sometimes with our family members, things are very black and white, right? Like, you know, I'm your mom or dad, so you have to listen, the end. And so that gets very difficult to try to mend relationships when that's kind of like the thought going in, right? But, you know, these other people who are our friends, maybe they're not involved in the family, they're true, like friends that stick closer, you know, than a brother or sister then guess what? These people can really like help us deal with these situations because then they can go, oh, you know, I had a similar problem and, you know, here's some advice or, you know, yeah, I'm going through that too. That's so annoying. Sometimes just someone to like say, hey, yeah, I get you is just invaluable. So these are people we want to keep in our lives too. But sometimes again, just because nobody's perfect, right? We have difficulties with our longtime friends. So yeah, what can we do about it? Well, there's a lot that we can do about it, but I think that ultimately we just have to realize that like, hey, guess what? Um, this is just going to be something that continuously happens because no one's perfect. And there's going to be situations in life that arise where people who you know are very close to you and have been there for you is going to be difficult to deal with at times. So Another thing that I think is a huge thing for us to do is to, again, we've got that like divide, right? So we've got like the people that like are on the street that we just see every day, but like we don't know them, right? And then we have our like coworkers or classmates, right? And then we have this, the biggest group, like the one that's most important to us, right? Is the family and close friends. So I think picking how much time we invest in letting, um, difficultness or difficulty interfere with what's actually important because what's actually really really the most important is the close friends and the family so just not letting too much get to you that comes up in this middle group right which is the co-workers and schoolmates and certainly don't let too much get to you with the people who you know are just passerby people right so I was actually reading a article, I think it was on psychology today, which I'll share with you guys in a moment that offered several tips of just how to deal with difficult people in general. And I found some of the tips to be really, really good. So um, let me just go ahead and get a screen share here up. Okay. And um, psychology today is a good one because, you know, it's not like... Um, anything that, you know, it's psychology today. It's not like looped in with, you know, National Institutes of Health or anything, but I mean, it's just like a common sense 
like science website. So I really do tend to like the stuff that they share. Most of the time it's like, you know, really good and not anything that leaves you questioning like who wrote this? Like this makes no sense whatsoever. Like they, they always have good stuff. So um, here we go. So it just kind of starts off by saying we've all been there trying um, to valiantly reason with an incredibly difficult person. The situation proves frustrating, maddening, and sometimes even frightening. The truth is you can't reason with an unreasonable person. However, there are proven techniques to better manage such dicey situations. I learned the ropes of what's technically called verbal de-escalation from many years working in hospitals. Every year we go through training on how to diffuse difficult situations in which a patient, family member, or even another employee was extremely angry and seemingly out of control. What follows are the tactics that professional crisis intervention teams use, and you can use them too. You can use these techniques with your boss, your customer, a family member, or even a stranger. Keep in mind, the closest relationship the person, the more knowledge you'll have on what best, what will work best to calm them down. These tips may feel unnatural at first when you're dealing with a person behaving unreasonably the fear response can be the center of your brain and cause you to kind of freeze up it says but um this part of the brain can't really distinguish between a customer yelling at you or a vicious dog being attacked by you so it's really best for you to engage your conscious mind and offer in order excuse me to diffuse the situation some of these tips are general and suggest a mindset that we have to cultivate. So others are more specific and ad advising you on what to do in the moment. So first thing you wanna do is listen. Listening is the number one step in dealing with an unreasonable person. Everyone wants to feel heard. No progress can take place until the other person feels acknowledged. While you're listening, really focus on what the person is saying and not what you want to say next. And I feel like this is like the first um, line in any, um, you know, conflict resolution type, uh, type of information that I've read. And I think it's true, you know, listening to people is huge. Now, when you're dealing with people who are difficult though, and they're just difficult people by nature, maybe they're just like a narcissist or something, a lot of the times they just want to be heard. They don't care about like being heard, if that makes sense. They just want to say what they got to say. And it's not so much about getting their point across or making you understand. It's more just about saying what they have to say and putting people down almost. So um, you have to use that one, like, you know, with, with some limitation for some people. And, and we just kind of have to judge. So the next thing is we want to stay calm. When a situation is emotionally charged, it's easy to get caught up in the heat of the moment. So monitor your, monitor your breathing and try to take some slow, deep breath. Now, that's one that I have to work on because, you know, when I get emotionally charged, I'm like, I'm just at my limit. And I'm just like, look, the breathing definitely does pick up and I get really, really, um, kind of choppy just like bam 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 going down a list of things that I just don't like I don't like when you did this I don't like when you did that guy 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 you know and that's not good to do and we all do it so we should like not do it 
Now it says, don't judge. Um, that's something that people also don't like. So people like to be heard and they don't like to feel judged. And we all know that, right? Because we don't like when people do that junk to us. It doesn't feel good. So um, just try to not say any accusatory words, like um, when it is your turn to respond, to de-escalate the situation, um, just kind of choosing our words wisely there so that it doesn't kind of impugn any sort of judgmental or malintent on the part of the other person will really go a long ways in making them feel like validated and not judged, okay? So reflect respect and dignity toward the other person. So again, just like not putting people down, which when you feel upset is really hard to do. You know, I know I'm guilty of it. You know, it's like the first thing you want to do is like, you did this and I don't like that, you know, and didn't you see that you made, you know, an error here on this paper? Like if you're dealing with a coworker, well, your email wasn't very direct and you're horrible at sending emails. I can't understand none of your emails, you know, it's just like, it, it just is the wrong word choice. It's better to, you know, say, how could I help you? <laughs> right? More, um, you know, is there anything I could do to help like your emails come across a little differently? Or is there something I said that, you know, whatever. So it just makes it a little bit easier to 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 take. It's, it's like giving a spoon of sugar with some some nasty stuff you about to lay on them, you know? So definitely good to do that. Um, now, don't demand, uh, for don't demand compliance. That means don't demand that the person like agrees with you or shares your same view, because a lot of the times that isn't going to happen. For me, I've learned if two people can just like agree to disagree. And sometimes I don't even like that expression because it's just like, okay, well, we just None of us, we don't agree on this. So like, whatever. And nothing gets solved sometimes. But at least if you can agree to have both people vent themselves and come up with a solution that both can agree on, not, okay, well, we're going to do my view, do what we want to do instead of what you want to do. It's more so like, okay, let's throw out the two opposing Things. Let's throw out what I want and let's throw out what you want and let's come up with something together that we can both live with. That's really what like conflict resolution is about and dealing with difficult people um, and even ourselves like when we're in that. So I really like like that idea. So um, another thing we can do is um, now this one really, really, sometimes I have been guilty of this and it's not good. Avoid smiling as this may look like you are mocking the person. I am the type of person and you tell me if you share this. When I get nervous or a little upset, sometimes I accidentally laugh. It's like a nervous reaction or like if something uncomfortable happens my first knee-jerk reaction is to laugh which is infuriating like because I've had people do it to me and I'm like oh, how dare you I am so upset right now and they're like I'm sorry I'm just nervous so sometimes it's just like a nerve thing it's just you know whatever a nervous tick that we all have. And that's definitely one of mine. Like I have definitely laughed at like some really inappropriate things that I, I should not have been laughing about, but it was literally just because I was nervous. So um, try to avoid that. I have really um, 
figured out a way, like when someone's telling me something that, you know, has upset them and I'm like nervous and I feel that I'm going to start laughing. I take a really, really deep breath. And I like look down at the floor for a minute, just so I can like gather myself. And then the other thing that I've done is just being up front and being like, Hey, sometimes when I get nervous, I like randomly laugh. Okay. I'm just telling you. So I don't want you to feel like I'm not taking you seriously or like whatever. This is just my little quirky thing that happens, okay? And then usually most people have been very understanding about that, okay? Very key point right here. Don't return anger with anger. Raising your voice, pointing a finger, or speaking disrespectfully to the other person will add fuel to an already heated situation. Use a low, calm, even monotone voice. Don't try to talk over the person. And wait until the person takes a breath to speak. Now, that one is hard to do. When someone's yelling at you, nah, nah, nah. the first thing I want to do is, yeah, like, that's my, I'm like, hey, this is me being honest up here. You know, I don't do anything else. If you yelling at me, not, let me see, I, I maybe not. Yeah, nine times out of 10, I'm yelling back. Okay. And <laughs> that is very, very hard not to do. But I have been working on this the past year because I've gotten to a point where I really saw the need in my personal life that I was going to have to make some changes to to benefit my overall well-being and the well-being of those around me. And this is on a serious note, guys, like. So I said, you know what, I have to deal with this. I have to deal with this person that is difficult. You know, they are in my life and what can I do? And so it does not always work. But when I remember it, I definitely I'm like, okay, just stop yelling. Like it, what is the continuous yelling going to do? One person yells, the other person yells. So you just going back and forth, back and forth until someone gets sick of yelling. And um, it just is no good, okay? So I have noticed that I have been able to de-escalate a lot of situations by doing this, by just lowering my voice and um, just not retaliating the anger with the anger. And then what happens is when the person sees that you're not yelling back at them, they calm down. Like it works. I have used this a lot. So now just kind of giving you guys an idea. So before, right, it's like, oh, I'm like nine times out of 10, I'm yelling back. But now, since I tried this this past year, doing this little technique, not yelling when someone yells back to the best of my ability, I would say maybe about six out of the 10 times, I'm like doing this, okay? I am not yelling back when the person is yelling or upset or whatever. And it really seems to have made a huge difference. And then I leave feeling better because I'm like, hey, I'm not upset. When you get upset and raise your voice, it's stressful for you too. It's like, whoa, you know, your heart starts to hurt, you know, you get a headache, all of that stuff. That's like anger, you know, giving you all that negative vibes, like your health, you know. So I really have seen that this has worked a lot for me and I continue, I'm going to try to get better and better at it because I feel like this one right here is really what can single-handedly completely change a situation. I've used it on family members and I've used it on like 
people who, you know, I don't know very well, maybe my coworkers, schoolmates, as well as people out on the street, you know, and I'll just share one incident with you. I was at the grocery store one day and this guy just backed out of his space, like without looking. And my cart was situated in such a way that it was near his car. But the way he pulled out of this space, there was plenty of space. I don't know how this man hit my cart. My cart went flying. I had to jump out of the way so that I wasn't hit by my grocery cart that he hit with his car. And he jumped out and he just started yelling. I just stood there and looked at him. And I just let him go on and on and on, yell, jump up and down and scream. And then finally he stopped and looked at me. You want to know what he said? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't see you there. And I got scared. Okay. That's all you had to say. And I said, okay, sir, that's all. You know, thank you so much for your apology. I'm glad no one was hurt. And, you know, Let's just go on with our days. Thank you so much. Times are too hard. People are too stressed out. Let's not have a problem. And we did. So it does work, even with people that you don't know out in the street. And um, another tip for dealing with difficult people out on the street, guys, everybody is upset right now. Everybody's nerves are on end. So my best advice, okay, is if anybody's upset out on the street, de-escalate. Don't say nothing. Don't retaliate. Just because people, you just don't know what people are up to nowadays. They could be, you know, carrying a concealed weapon and, you know, maybe getting an argument with you. It was the last thing they needed. They've already been dealing with stress at home or, you know, maybe they just lost their job or they've been, you know, lost a family member to COVID. Maybe several things have gone wrong in their life and they just had one more thing and you just happen to be that one last thing that they needed to go off the deep end and they pull their weapon out on you okay so I'm all about the de-escalation these days it ain't worth getting out there and dealing with difficult people in the street you know it's just not um okay now let's talk about setting some limits and boundaries so there does come a point where I mentioned earlier where you have to self-preserve with some people and if this is like let's say maybe like a difficult like cousin or something like that maybe you have to say you know what I love this person they're going to be in my life but I have to set some boundaries okay because they're just constantly a difficult person I haven't been able to actually resolve anything with them if you can resolve stuff with people even if they're difficult as long as we can resolve stuff that's all I really asked for. But when you're dealing with someone who there's been multiple, multiple difficult situations, they don't apologize. They don't take any you know, accountability for where they were wrong in this situation. And they keep doing it blatantly. It's time to set some limits. Okay. And setting limits, I say for those groups of people who are like coworkers and family members. All right. Um, if there are people that aren't in your life like that, you know, they're not a good friend, they're not a family member, eliminate, just eliminate because they've already proven to you that they are not capable of doing an accurate self-assessment and saying, you know what, I can't get in an argument with myself. So I had to do something to upset this person, even if I don't agree, let me at least hear them out. Let me at least try to see what's going on. If you can't accurately self-assess, peace. I can't even deal with it anymore. Okay. But let's again, talk about those people that the family members, the good friends that we want and need, but are difficult. So it says, while some are above, some of the above tips have encouraged 
and help people, um, sometimes it's just it's just not going to work and you have to set some limits and boundaries and you can say something to them like let's say that they are in a difficult they're yelling at you right then you can say um i understand you're angry i'm just gonna let you vent okay and once they keep hearing that from you and basically what you're saying to them is say what you got to say because i know what i have to say it doesn't matter anyway and maybe after a couple of times of hearing that, they'll go, oh, well, they let me vent. Maybe I should let them vent. Yeah, that's what you should do. But they're probably not going to. So, you know, you just give them that line and that will kind of help, let's say, at the family gatherings where, you know, maybe a situation comes up and, you know, everyone's upset. I'm going to let you vent. Go ahead. If that's what, you know, is helpful for you right now, if you want to talk about it later, I'm here for you. So notice what you did. You leaving it all up to them, but you're not saying, I want you to hear my point of view. I want, I want, because in your mind, you already know you just have labeled this person as a difficult person. So it's no point to even uh, entertain that with them. Okay. Now, um, Let's talk about how we can recharge our own stress, okay? And this is another one of the tips here. So it does, like, it is stressful when we have to be kind of all the time de-escalating um, situations and being the peacekeeper, right? Like, I feel like some people are just so good at that. I've met lots over the years. It's just like, man, how do you, you never get upset, right? You know, or they're just really good at keeping the peace, Um and it's because they mastered this, decharge your own stress. So it says, you know, uh, take time to discharge some of that pent up adrenaline, go for a run, take your dog for a walk and let those emotions kind of just get out of your body. So find some activities that are really key to helping you de-stress. You know, for me, one is just like hanging out at the beach, going for a run at the beach or you know, anything along those lines. And that really does help me. And then also like assessing, um, that also helps me. Writing helps me um, to get those things out. And, you know, just taking a nice little snap, you know, that just getting some extra rest really can help um, with the stress level and dealing with um, difficult people. Now, I mentioned that I was going to share something on that's especially helpful for like um, teenagers. Um, and people who maybe just like are, you know, school aged and maybe have some questions in this area, because that's a very difficult time, especially when you're that age, maybe you have a difficult parent, okay, and that can be really hard when you live at home, and I do know that on the podcast, I have a lot of um, high school aged listeners, which I'm so awesome you guys are here, okay, so this is what I wanted to um, just bring out right here. So um, there's this nice little um, article here, and this one's just on jw.org. And there's three people here, and they're sharing some things that they've done to deal with difficult parents specifically. And all three of them really do give some great tips. So the first girl's name is Marilyn. And she says, when everyone is exhausted, the problem just gets more emotional. Sometimes the best things to do is just to just give up Give, take a break and give each other a hug and go to sleep. Everything looks brighter in the morning. So that's a good tip. Just being like, you know what, mom, dad, I'm just going to say, you know what, let's just have a break here. And yeah, like, let's just try this again tomorrow. So taking a break, 
um, and not just letting it go round and round is great. So then Devin says, patience is a quality that can get you through anything. If an argument is about to break out, take a step back, breathe and think. It's when we act or say things in the moment that problems arise. And that is so true. Like when you're just retaliating and firing off, that's when um, some bad things can be said, okay? And then last one is from Mackenzie. And she says, I certainly don't want to look back on my life and have regrets because I didn't treat my parents the way I should have. Keeping that in mind helps me to listen and not make a big deal out of everything. So I think that's a really good one. I can remember like living at home um, and feeling like, oh, I don't ever get to do anything I want to do. And, you know, my mom's always got something to say and she always thinks I'm up to no good and blah, blah, blah. And you may have legit reasons to feel that way. Um, and sometimes, you know, parents can be difficult. Parents aren't perfect. You know, you could have a parent that has some um, severe personality flaws or even maybe is bipolar or have some severe issues. And um, the interesting thing is when you're a teenager, I feel is like when you start to see your parents' flaws, like before that, you just look up to your parents, you know, you're a little kid, you're like, oh my God, my parent is awesome. I just love them, you know, and they could do no wrong. When you become a teenager is when your like reasoning ability starts to kick in and um, you're able to be like, mom, why would you do that? What were you thinking? Or dad, you're really gross. Why? I hate when you do that. Like, you know, so that is when you're able to kind of look at what your parents are doing and kind of like form a judgment about how you feel they should be doing, which can be good, of course, because you, you do want to build up your, your, um, your, your own um, internal guiding principles. But at the same time, you know, they are just imperfect, just like all of us. So um, we just have to kind of be understanding and figure out ways. And I really like what Mackenzie said, because she's like, I don't want to look back and be like, man, I treated my parents like garbage. You know, that doesn't feel good. You don't want to, to do that and vice versa. Um, most parents, you know, really do have our best interests in heart. So I just wanted to share that um, with the younger listeners. And um, that's part of this series called Young People Ask. And they have like all kinds of like good things um, questions that young like teenagers have on things so definitely probably want to check that one out okay guys so today we talked about dealing with difficult people we talked about the people that you know are just random people that we don't really you know have to deal with but sometimes difficult situations arise with them and we talked about in the people in the middle who are like our co-workers or schoolmates that we're going to see them every day but you know we're not really close to them like that and then we talked about the third group of people who is a really key set of people which is our family members and our close friends and how we can um, deal with them when they're being difficult or when difficult situations arise. We talked about self-preserving and when it's a good time to do that and some things we can do to do that. We talked about de-escalating situations. Like I shared my example of, you know, the guy out in the street who was mad about the shopping cart thing and how just, you know, choosing not to raise our voice, you know, we could de-escalate a lot of bad situations. Okay. 
All right, everyone. I really hope you've enjoyed uh, listening to this episode. Thank you so much for listening to How They Did and Why. Have a great day and we'll see you in the next episode. Thank you.